the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by theprivatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. Welcome to season two of the Business Savvy Singer podcast. This season, not only will we be hearing from singers, we will also be hearing from professionals providing support services to singers. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. Today, I have with me a woman who's going to talk with us a little bit about the physical aspects of singing or playing an instrument or whatever it is you do, taking care of your body uh, and making sure that um, your body can go the long haul uh, in your profession. So I am going to welcome Angela McHouston to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Greta. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you're here. You know, I, I became aware of you because you were doing an interview with Brian Witkowski on your Music Strong webcast. It's a webcast, right, that you're doing? Yes. I have a, I have a podcast with my co-host. It's called the Tuned and Strong Podcast. Okay. Wonderful. Well, that's how I initially became aware of you. And I thought, you know, what a, what a great thing for singers to learn a little bit about using their body in a more efficient and better way. So let's begin by getting a little bit of information about your background. Um, You're a musician. Tell us about your instrument. Tell us about how you started uh, being a musician, how you started in music. Oh, sure. So I'm a flute player and a piccoloist, and uh, I got my start like most band kids do, Mm -hmm. you know, in sixth grade. My mom had a flute that you know, she, she played in high school and I was just smitten since I saw it. I thought it was the shiniest, prettiest thing. <laughs> and I was just desperate to play it, but I wasn't allowed to play it until I got to band in sixth grade. And then I was that obsessive flute nerd that was, you know, always in the band room, always practicing, <laughs> just completely obsessed. Wow. So that was, that was my life. I played all the time. I was in every honor band. I did all the music things. It was just life. I mean, it, it was one of those things that I'm really blessed to have found so young that it just clicked. I mean, I made a sound and poof, life was, that was it. Wow. That is is fantastic. (laughs) That's fantastic. It was truly your calling. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just like it unlocked this gift. I mean, I played piano as a kid, but it wasn't quite the same as when I got a flute in my hands. I don't know if it's kind of similar to the voice because, you know, you have this, sure, you have a metal tube up to your face, but you're blowing through and you're expressing emotion through the air that passes through your body and through this 
tube that creates the sound, right? So I, I, I don't know. It was just, it, I, I found my calling. So um, I pursued that all the way through graduate school. I have two degrees in flute performance. Wonderful. And um, <clears throat> I got my, the problem is, in high school, I got accepted to Interlochen Arts Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure some of your listeners, not the academy, I'm sorry. I'm sure some of your the listeners know camp. about Interlochen. I went to the camp. Sorry. Yeah, yeah some academy. of my students actually um, go so to the camp. I went to the camp, camp mm-hmm. and my body just was not prepared for the demands that were imposed on me. Yes. So, you know, as a kid, I was playing, oh, I don't know, maybe two, three hours a day, yeah. split up you know, normal amount. (laughs) Um, I get to interlock and and suddenly I am playing my instrument for eight hours a day for eight weeks. And there was no physical preparation Mm -hmm. given to any of us. And Mm -hmm. we were just expected to do it. And there was nothing talked about injury. It was this, this, this thing that other people, you saw other people injured, but you didn't really talk about it. There were no resources. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm 16 or 17 at this point. And, um, I started wearing a brace. I mean, it was my, my left wrist started to hurt an awful lot. Mm -hmm. And I just had to push through. I was slathering myself in Ben Gay and I was wearing this wrist brace. I didn't know it was wrong, but by the end of this eight weeks, holding a pencil was absolute agony. Wow. I could not. Yeah. Wow. So it turns out I had tendonitis. And oh my gosh. I go home to see a doctor and he said, well, you need to stop playing. <laughs> I was like, I have auditions. I can't. <laughs> it's not an option. Why don't you right. put me a doctor? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's my job. So uh, he sent me to physical therapy and that helped. And then long story short, I've been injured four times as a result of playing my instrument. Wow. Yeah. And was it oh, the same it, place, the same injury or different parts well, of your body? Different injuries. So that was an overuse. That was my first foray into the world of overuse injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, let's see, the second injury was, uh, it was due to muscle imbalance. I was just getting into the gym. I'd always liked it, but I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what good form was. Yeah. I was just doing whatever the people in the magazine said to do because I wanted to look like that. And yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> so one day I'm in the, uh, I'm in the gym, I'm in graduate school and I'm doing a a dumbbell bench press, an inclined dumbbell bench press. And I feel this, this sharp pain behind my shoulder blade, oh. my left shoulder blade. And I couldn't move. <sighs> so I go to health services and they're like, oh yeah, you have a severely strained rhomboid. The rhomboid is the muscle that pulls your shoulder blade towards your spine. Oh, yeah. And he just told me to quit playing. I'm like, well, I'm <laughs> in school for performance. It's not an option, dummy. Right? What? Yeah. Like, think yeah. about what you just said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean... That happened. And what happened there, that was a result of a muscle imbalance that I didn't know I had. Excuse me. So what happens is when you play the flute, your left arm comes in front of your body. Your right Mm -hmm. arm goes out to the side. So if your left arm is always in front, your chest muscles pull your left arm in front. The muscles on the backside pull your arm behind. And since they're not doing that, they get stretched. Ah. They get weak. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing was pushing and exacerbating that and not knowing what good form was. Yeah. That muscle went, I can't do anymore, and it tore. Wow. Wow. I had no idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Third injury was very similar. (laughs) Fourth injury, um, it it again came from cramming on the Mm -hmm. instrument. And I was playing an alto flute. I had already had some whiplash injuries, so I already have a hypermobile neck. And as singers, you know how important your neck is. Absolutely. Well, I got into this position where I had to play an alto flute, which is heavy, 
and it's long. And I ended up um, compressing some vertebra and nerves in my neck, down through my shoulder, elbow, wrist, numbness and tingling, sharp electrical pains down my arm. I mean, we could be really dramatic about this. Wow. But here's the thing. Up to 90% of musicians are going to experience some kind of playing-related pain or injury in their life Mm -hmm. over the Mm -hmm. course of their career. Some of them, it causes them to stop playing altogether. I heard of another musician yesterday who said that very thing. I can't play anymore because it hurts so much. Because we're not given any resources. We're not told how to take care of our first instrument, which is our body. Yeah. Which is expected to know what to do because you have a voice. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's one of the areas, um, an important area, that teachers need to address. The private teachers, with whatever instrument it is that you're playing, you know, they, uh, that's something that is very important for those teachers to be aware of and to help students not to struggle with those injuries. Um, I know for singers, you know, that's a very important thing to me, to make sure that I am not exposing my students to anything that is beyond their years. Uh, to make sure that they're singing properly, they're doing you know all of the all of the things right. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's just such an important thing, and I I would imagine that teachers of all instruments are doing that, or if they're not, they certainly should be. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So funny story, actually. I'm going to be having somebody on my podcast this afternoon. We're going to be interviewing her about that very thing Mm -hmm. because teachers yes we have we we have this responsibility to to teach our students about the proper use of their bodies and i think singers are a a little better than instrumentalists at this because you know we have this external thing that we're focused on and it's so easy to focus on that external thing whereas your voice is internal so i think you guys have a little bit of an advantage over us in that area but uh Mm. i know in the instrumental world teachers don't really know much about anatomy we're not taught to i mean nobody taught me to be a teacher per se Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i was teaching in eighth grade and nobody really taught me anything about my body band director just said hey can you teach this kid yeah i was like i'm in eighth grade she goes well she's in sixth grade and you know more than she does right (laughs) yeah okay so that's how i got started yeah and then i just learned about the body as i went along but there's no formal wellness training no formal anatomy training yeah and in fact, there are all these courses like body mapping. If you've heard of body mapping, yes. that's an excellent course. Um, Barbara Conable's book, What Every Musician Needs to Know About the Body, is an invaluable resource. And it teaches you things like, you know, we, we uh, uh, let's talk about what a body map is. Your body map is what you envision your body to be. So if I said, if we say sit up straight, that's technically not possible because your spine curves. Mm-hmm. But if you say straight, your brain thinks of your spine like, you know, a broomstick. Yeah. And so that's what, so you start thinking, oh, I have to be like a broomstick. And so that changes your posture that makes your neck do funny things, your chest do funny things. Mm-hmm. It inhibits your breathing. Whereas if you know what your spine actually looks like and what it yes. does and how it moves, suddenly you're way more efficient. And this actually translates well into uh, Alexander technique. If you yes. heard Alexander technique, Absolutely. Uh, Matthias Alexander was an orator at the, you know, the beginning of the 18th, not the 18th. Oh, wow. Uh, let's <laughs> just say the 1900s. I get the centuries. Yeah. yeah. The 19th, yeah. Um, the 20th century. Yes. 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 So he was an orator and he found himself losing his voice. And guess what the doctors told him then? Rest. Right. Stop talking. Guys, <laughs> yeah. Stop talking. That's 
that's his job. Okay, so this is a problem that teachers are not teaching how to effectively mitigate the risks and what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And doctors don't know jack to squat about musicians, so they just say quit. Yeah. It is insane. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been going on for hundreds of years. <laughs> so every time he would rest, his voice would come back a little bit. And then as soon as he'd go back on his speaking tours, it would go yeah. gone again, yeah. right? So what he found was he had to put himself in a room surrounded by mirrors so he could actually observe his body and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he found that as soon as he started to speak, he would jut his head forward and he would change his entire posture. Mm-hmm. He'd be straining at the neck that would put all this pressure on his vocal cords, inhibit his breathing, et cetera, et cetera. And so he came up with this whole system of the Alexander Technique, which is about efficient ease and uh, use of movement. So yes. taking the excess tension out of your body, which works really well with what I do, which is strength training. So mm-hmm. I, I have musicians, um, whether you're a singer, instrumentalist, drummer, what conductor, audio engineer, whatever, everybody's got muscle imbalances mm-hmm. and they can directly affect how you play, sing, or do your craft as a, as an artist. Mm-hmm. Right. So we all have these muscle imbalances. So if you only stretch what's tight and you never strengthen what's weak, the cycle of dysfunction is going to continue. And rest is not an answer. Rest does not fix the underlying problem. That's right. Unless it's like, you know, an acute thing. Like I broke my elbow. I broke my finger in a bike accident. Yeah. I got to quit using those for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you you, you want to prohibit these kinds of injuries from happening. You know, you want to be in tune with what's happening with your body, certainly as a, as a vocalist, you know, if it hurts, if it's uncomfortable, if there's anything that's not feeling right, stop in this moment. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Let's assess it and figure out how to not have that discomfort because, you know, then you go on to have nodules and polyps and things that can plague you for all of your life. So it's really, really important. Um, I, you know, I think it's very important for singers to take private lessons with someone good that knows. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah, not with just anyone, but, you know, it, it's not all about style. It's about technique, technique, mm-hmm. how to manage your body, how to manage your voice. So I think, uh, you know, many, many teachers uh, use the Alexander technique as their teaching. And I think that what you're doing is just. I think it's fantastic uh, for singers uh, because, you know, we, many of us need help. You know, I have mm-hmm. been very lucky in my life. I've never had a vocal injury, but I had mm-hmm. wonderful teachers, wonderful teachers who were cl- classical teachers. They were opera singers. And, and the technique there is very good and very mm-hmm. solid. But a lot of times when you have people who are singing pop or singing rock and they're trying to sound like this one or that one or belt that really high note or whatever, and they're not breathing properly or whatever, that can become a problem. So I, I, I think it's wonderful. So go on and, and tell us, you know, any other information that you have to help singers because it's, you're right. I mean, you know, with, with an instrument, a teacher can look and see, you know, are you on, on the piano, are your hands placed right? Are you, you know, or when, with a flute or with any other instrument, there's a physical aspect to what your body should look like. That is also true with singing to some degree. However, you're right. It is internal with us, and we have to be able to feel what the right thing is, in addition to understanding how our head should be positioned and how our body should be positioned and that kind of thing. So please continue. Yeah, so you bring up an interesting point. So how your head should be positioned. So this is something I found out um, in the body mapping course that I took. And you can find these all over. And thanks to COVID, 
they're all, a lot of them are online now, so they're much more accessible, which this was a real blessing. Um, a lot of these courses used to be, you had to go in person. When I first took it, it was a two-day overwhelming workshop mm-hmm. in person, but it was just, it blew my mind. Wow. Now you can actually access them online and you probably get the recordings. I highly recommend anybody to take it, but you're great. talking about where your head should be placed. Something that I learned in that um, was that your, if you think about where does my spine end up, up here, what I didn't know in the beginning, you know, we, we just think, oh, it's, you know, right at the base of my neck. No, it doesn't. It, if you put your fingers in your ears or point at between your ears, that's where your spine ends. And mm-hmm. your spine's kind of like, kind of, like, like a, if you think of it like a pencil and a, a golf ball on top of a pencil, mm-hmm. it like inserts right there and it right. wobbles back and forth on what's called the atlas. And that's right up between your ears. Mm-hmm. We think it's so much lower down. Right. So now knowing where your head is situated and how it moves, you know, they teach you all of that. Suddenly you have all this, you have more ease of movement. Mm -hmm. You you can be more free with how you move and how you position your head because it's accurate where you are now instead of thinking, oh, I move from here. Right. I mean, it's just amazing, you know? It is amazing. Um, And something else you mentioned, uh, I'm so glad you haven't had polyps or nodules or anything. I know that's... Oh, we, we hear about singers who have that. And I just think, oh, oh you just yeah. pushed through pain, didn't you? Yeah. Pain is a, it's a sign. That's there's something right. wrong. Something it doesn't mean you have wrong. to quit your career. That's right. Just but stop. But there's a signal. Stop in this moment and let's assess. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's figure yeah. out why am I feeling this? Yeah. There's something that's not right. It's your brain trying yes. to get your attention. Yes. But musicians just, oh my gosh, we push through pain like nobody's business. Yeah. Like, like it's some kind of hero status. <laughs> it's just part of the job. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, like a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the the musician artist world doesn't need any more martyrs. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot perform and share your craft and your love of music and do what you do if you are injured. Yeah. We don't need starving artists and we don't need injured artists. That doesn't help the world. When you are prosperous and you are well, you serve the world. And when you are in a martyr status... You don't. That's right. You know, that's, that's so right. backwards from how we think. But yeah, uh, talking but with true. Brian, that's something that we talk about as well. Yeah, yeah. Just really important stuff and great stuff. You know, we're going to put all of these um, things that you've talked about in our show notes. Uh, your website and your information, uh, information on the body mapping, um, all of these uh, various things uh, to, to help people because you're right. I mean, you, you know, you spend your time training to do this particular thing and then when you become injured you can't do it and then what you know so you yeah you want to you got to take care of that instrument whatever it is it's always your body in some form or another but you you have to take care of it and take care of the part of the body that that you're using to make your living it's important you know and something that's really important for all musicians regardless of what you play what you if you sing whatever is that the body doesn't work in isolation. Mm-hmm. You sing with your entire body. Yes. Yes, you are using your voice, but your core, your shoulders, they help to hold your head up, which allows you to sing. Yeah. You use your abdomen. Your legs have to hold you in yeah. a certain position for you to be able to breathe well, et cetera, et cetera. So we yeah. don't just sing with our voices and our jaw and our, you know, all of those things. You use your entire body. So if there's right. dysfunction somewhere else in your body, that can translate to your to your neck, to your voice, to your hands, to some other area of the body. Yes, and it's yes. something I like to remind musicians of that the, the site of pain is not necessarily the source of pain. So for instance, my last injury, I started getting numbness and tingling in my first 
uh, two fingers, thumb, that's the radial nerve. Mm -hmm. Was, were my fingers the problem? No. Mm -hmm. It started at my neck and Mm -hmm. then it was in my shoulder and then it's had something to do with my elbow. So you Mm -hmm. have to trace it back. So if you are experiencing something, so another example is I, uh, I trained a, a singer for a little while and some of the, the imbalances that I saw with her are really common. They were actually, she had what we call forward head posture, Mm -hmm. which is where your head comes forward. Mm -hmm. And naturally, most of us have that because we're driving a lot, which, you know, our bodies go where our eyes go. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking forward all the time, our head is jutting forward, Mm -hmm. we're on Zoom a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to remember sometimes to bring your ears back over your shoulders. So I didn't say sit up straight, but what did you automatically do when you brought your ears over your shoulders? Your posture got taller, right? So she had that going on. And when you notice that, when you bring your ears back over your shoulders, what happens to the rest of your spine? What mm-hmm. happens in your core? It changes. Your yes. entire posture changes all yes, the way does. down your spine. Mm-hmm. So what else I noticed? She had lower back pain because her core was so weak. And when I say yes. core, your core actually is everything but your appendages. Mm-hmm. So it includes your chest, your back, your glutes, all mm-hmm. of that. But in her case, the, the muscle was called the transverse abdominis. It's that deep, deep core muscle that... It's the non-sexy ab muscle is what I like to call it. it. It's the one that's deep in it connects to your ribs and your pelvis, holds your internal organs in kind of like a corset kind of, mm-hmm. um, and it gives you stability. It is so dysfunctional in so many people because we just sit and slouch, you know, yes. during the day, we're on the couch or whatever we're doing yes. because we, we've forgotten how to activate it. So what happens is that causes our pelvises to tilt forward, which puts a lot of stress on our low back. Then we don't use our hips properly. Then our right. knees hurt. Right. And all that has to happen is that if you pull your belly button in towards your spine, like someone is about to punch you, you wouldn't, we call that bracing, but you wouldn't pull in so hard that you can't talk and you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So if you just go, oh, right, you gasp, you feel that kind of connection. That's your TVA kicking on and doing what it's mm-hmm. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that a lot in daily life. Mm-hmm. So getting that muscle to work in conjunction with her glutes, suddenly her pelvis was right. And that translated up the spine to her neck, which we brought right. back and we strengthened the muscles of her neck and poof, there we go. Yeah. She was good to go. Yeah. yeah. So her singing got so much better. Her confidence got better. Yeah. I mean, there's all these crossover applications. Yeah, yeah, many crossover applications. And just because you're feeling something in a particular part of your body doesn't mean that it's, it may be emanating from that part of your body, but it may be right. affecting something else. And that, that's one of the things that we really, you know, in vocal technique, work on a lot is the use of the diaphragm, the use of those core muscles, the use of, you know, standing firmly. Uh, all of those things uh, are going to affect how your voice works. Another thing that you were talking about the head, something that I tell my students is to imagine that you're being dangled from the ceiling by a string and you want your body to hang in its natural form. And if you think about that as you're singing, that will keep your body in alignment. So there are so many things. And, you know, I approach it from the singer perspective. You approach it from the body perspective, but they're both saying the same thing, which is absolutely fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's total crossover here. I mean, absolutely. it's, it's, It's funny because, you know, I don't actually train a lot of singers. I kind of wish I did sometimes, but the, 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 it's just different, you know, Yeah. but at the same time, when your body is strong overall, 
you're just going to be better That's at right. everything. That's you know, you're right. going to have more confidence. That's you're right. going to you're going to sing with more power. You're going right. to feel better in your body. You're going to move right. better, sleep better. That's right. Just things get better, and you know, plus you get these these endorphins, which yeah. I, okay, I'm going to admit, I don't get a runner's high because I don't run, but you know, <laughs> yeah. those endorphins you get when you, oh, yeah. when you, yeah, when yeah. you exercise. Yeah, and, and when you sing. When you sing well, yes, you know, and you hit those notes and they're right on the money. And mm. it's, it's like, I don't know if you golf, but it's like when you hit that golf ball, it is like when it's really good, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. And, and that's what oh, it feels like. Spot. Yes, yes. So... Yeah. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Well, Angela, we are going to put information in our show notes about all of these things. And I really encourage our listeners who are vocalists and even those who are not vocalists to, to check you out because, you know, our bodies are everything, everything, no matter what it is that you're doing with your body. If you're an athlete, if you're a musician, if you're a singer, if whatever it is you're doing, it's, it's good to to just be in touch with your body. So I'm going to encourage our, our listeners to check out your stuff and avail themselves of your services if they, if they feel that they would like it. I appreciate that. And there's, there is something that I just want to mention. I have a new mm-hmm. course that I've uh, just launched. It's, just, it's out of beta program, so it's, it's good to go at this point. But Wonderful. I've got a new program out. Um, it's a group coaching program. It's called Job Security because I feel like that's the oh. one thing uh, musicians feel like they're not entitled to have. Yeah. You know, we are, we're seen as, as, as a luxury or as a hobby. And we're always having, like, I feel like I have to play this gig because I, I need the money or I can't, you know, mm-hmm. there's all this mindset stuff around job security. Um, but there's also preventing injuries. So I've got an entire course on if this, if this conversation has resonated with you, reach out to me and see if it's right for you because we covered the three things that musicians um, they want, they want clarity and guidance. So mm-hmm. they're not clueless. If they are injured, what happens? Yeah. Well, I'll teach you about, uh, we'll go over body awareness. We'll talk about the different types of medical practitioners, different types of injuries. So you're not blindly telling your colleagues, Oh, just go stretch. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also cover, um, how to get out of injury, That's how great. to prevent injury, and then how to increase your strength and stamina in yourself and your students and your colleagues and anybody that you want to help. So, I mean, it can be a really great asset to anybody, especially if you're a teacher. Um, and you don't have to be an instrumentalist. Heck, you don't even have to be a musician. Mm-hmm. But if that hits home with you, let me know, and I'll get you all the information. Sounds great. Sounds great. Angela, thank you so much for being with us today. And I wish you much, much continued success in your business. It, it's a wonderful and needed area. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Good news. We're partnering. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is delighted to be included in the NatsCast network. NatsCast is the official podcast network of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's an honor to be part of this community and have the opportunity to provide encouragement, education, and entertainment to singers everywhere. Singers. Have you ever wanted to improve your sight reading skills? Do you want to hear harmonies better and sing them more easily? Would you like to be able to improvise and sing more styles of music? Donovan Mixon's performance ear training can help you with all of these things. Donovan has been a faculty member at Berklee College of Music and is an expert in this field. 
doesn't matter where you live, classes are offered online. Visit DonMixon.com. Check out our show notes for more info. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the PrivateMusicStudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at GretaPope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.